Once again, you are listening to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us a fully integrated sports machine. This is the Southeastern Conference Championship Edition. Woo boy, there's a lot to talk about this week. But first, some quick housekeeping. You can find us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes. Thank you to the Mothership Roll Bama Roll for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. Find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our Facebook page. Or, obviously, you can find us on Twitter at HToothHeroes. One quick note, you can grab a t-shirt. You can PayPal us at HoundsToothHeroes at gmail.com. 22 bucks, and it comes with a fly-ass sticker. Or if you're in Orange Beach, Alabama, or Nashville, Tennessee, get a hold of one of us. And by one of us, I mean my co-host, Ellis Metz. How are you doing, Ellis Metz? I am doing all right. How about yourself? Can't complain. What you drinking this evening? Tonight I have a new Belgium uh, accumulation. It's their white IPA, a nice, a nice wintertime drink. Sweet. Mm-hmm. How about you? I have been drinking a delicious Cuba Libre, if you are, uh, you know, Spanish inclined. Or you might just call it a rum and diet Coke. It's not even a new Cuba Libre. It's a, it's a Cuba diet Libre. But here's, that's where I, I am right now. You're so well-traveled. I know, right? I'm just so Cuban I can't stand myself. What is horrible with you, my funky friend? Well, so, the most horrible thing, among many, is some news you sprung on me today. <laughs> and I am not thrilled about this. I mean, it's not verified, but, it's but pretty I'm pretty close. sure it's true. Yeah. So, through various sources and passageways, uh, my loyal co-host, Greg Dawkins, came across the mailing address of one Clay Travis. Mm-hmm. And all I'll say is that it's a good stone's throw away from my house. It is. And I, we, we may be neighbors. Right. I uh, got a thing from Outkick the Coverage. They do a continuing legal education thing every year. Oh, you're on his mailing list. It was you, a Christmas I, card. I know, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, it, and oddly enough, his Christmas card features nudes. It's real weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, Outkick the Coverage continuing legal education thing sends you the thing that tells you where to send uh, the money if you're going if you're if you want to sit in a room with Clay Travis for three hours, right? And I recall having been I've been you know I had to drop something off at your house. I recall having been on that street. So being the stalker that I am, I looked it up. I'm like, dude, you live around the corner from Clay Travis, Nabes. Yeah, and then I got on Google Maps and he his house is every bit as boring as he is. Yeah, yeah. I I drive by it every day, and I gotta say it's. Nondescript, a uh, little disappointing, but yeah. nothing as disappointing as finding out your neighbors with Clay Travis. Yes, your house is far, far superior. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. What's horrible in your life? Well, okay, I can't really find anything, but here's a... Basically, I'm sitting on top of the world. Several things have happened. Um, Southeastern Conference Championship game tickets fell into my lap from mm. a good friend of ours. Uh, I have <coughs> booked a trip to New York. To see um, Jason Isbell, and if you paid attention, you know I, that is my favorite person of all time to go mm-hmm. see play music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've done that. So I'm kind of on top of the world, which can only mean something wicked this way comes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be driving to Atlanta, my car is going to break down somewhere in Lee County, and I'm going to be trampled by a herd of cows. This is definitely going to end poorly. Though i got to say, you've been, uh, you've been unseasonably pleasant lately. I know, I know. That's got to stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Concerning. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the uh, 
meat of the sports taco, if you will. Mm-hmm. The college football rankings are out for the playoffs, and basically everybody helps serve. Uh, Clemson is still number one. You're tied. He's number two. Oklahoma is three. Iowa is four. Sparty checks in at five. Ohio State is six. Uh, I will say this about it, and I'll get your comments. The only interesting thing about it to me is Clemson, by virtue of being number one, gets geographic preference. You know, and so mm-hmm. they get to go the closest place to Clemson, which is Miami. Fine. Uh, the problem I have with that is the same should hold for number two, wouldn't you think? That would make sense. All right. Instead of that, number three is Oklahoma. Arlington, Texas is 100 miles from Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, there is a distinct and decided advantage to playing, both for the team and the fans, for going to play 100 miles from your campus. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not complaining. You know, you're fortunate to be in the top four anyway, and I'll go play Oklahoma, whoever, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter to me. But it would seem that being the, the higher seed is giving us absolutely no advantage. Uh, so with that in mind, my question is this, given that there's a big 10 championship game between Iowa and Michigan state, does the winner of that game jump Oklahoma so that we don't have to go and play Oklahoma basically in their backyard? It's a great question. And I tend to be as pessimistic as possible. I don't see any way we don't play Oklahoma at this point, but should Jeff Long and his committee members decide that a conference championship means something to them and I let's let's pretend slash predict Sparty wins out and okay. beats Iowa. Is their record more deserving than Oklahoma's? Yes. yes. Are they playing better football right now than Oklahoma? I don't think anyone is. No. Uh, I think we're still kind of stuck at what we're looking at. The thing that concerns me is how big – 10 loaded, they've got that 4, 5, and 6, like to just make sure yeah, nobody gets left out. Exactly. They are doing that. But You're buying this advantage-disadvantage thing. I believe... I, I, for some reason, have it in my head that that one, that one extra game is going to cause the big... Particularly if it's undefeated Iowa, but I don't think it's going to be. No. But even if it's Michigan State, they have a better record. They have a better resume than Oklahoma, mm-hmm. despite they're not playing as well. But that's not the point. They do have a better resume. I do think, or I hope, that they jump Oklahoma because... And here's why. Money talks. Ohio State got into got into this the Final Four for a reason last year over TCU. Um and it was, and it's, you know, yes, they were playing well, but number two, Ohio State's going to bring millions of folks that TCU ain't going to bring. Uh, and if money talks, what you want is an Alabama-Oklahoma final out in Phoenix. Because do you think Clemson or Sparty or Iowa are going to travel to Phoenix with the with the throngs of people that Alabama and Oklahoma are going to bring? No. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So those two are your favorites, I would say, of the four. Uh, so if that comes into a and, and as a factor, and they won't say it well, but you know I'm not a dummy. Uh, well, I'm a dummy, but well, still, yeah, yeah. this, I, yeah, I tend to believe we're playing Sparty or Iowa. I mean, yes the the preferred championship would definitely be between Alabama and Oklahoma. Yeah. But going off the one year that we've seen the playoffs, uh, obviously the two best teams didn't meet in the championship game. They met in that first round, and 
Back yeah. to your travel thing. I mean, the Tide fans will travel to Pasadena or Ontario yeah. or wherever the game sure. decides sure. to be played. But I do think you're right in that the team probably gains an advantage from just a short, kind of more familiar travel there. Yeah. I You know, they play – they don't play in that stadium. Well, I don't know. Where is – is I Texas, Oklahoma – is that still at the Cotton Bowl or is that at Jerry World now? I think it may be at Jerry World. So, yeah, they've got a decided advantage. They've played there before. Uh, so, you know, although so have we, well, that's a good point. (laughs) We don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. We know, have no idea. Let's go ahead and look at the iron bowl because God, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, your tide prevailed 21, 29 to 13. Are there things that we hate? There are a few things we hate. Um, you know, we covered the spread, which was fantastic. God, just that such a, such a relief, but the whole game, Auburn was able to move the ball forward, particularly on the ground, far too well for my pleasure. Yeah, I agree. And I have a theory on this. Mm-hmm. You know how weird these games are. Yes. Uh, you know, anything is can and does happen at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's always something bizarre. So I felt like we were just sitting on edge waiting for the weird. And, you know, for, you know, and, and, and it ultimately happened with another tip pass. Yeah. Because God knows that you know they can't score a damn normal touchdown. Um, so I mean, I think I think you just sit there and you wait and you don't want to commit too hard because God knows what what, what could happen if you do. Um, you know, something bizarre could break out because it does. Uh, so I think that may have had a, a role in it. Yeah, I'll buy that. And I mean, really, like. I won't give Gus a lot of credit as a coach, but if you're talking about gimmicks and pulling bizarre things out, uh, he's your guy. And there was a play, I think in the first quarter, it was a fourth down and Auburn was kind of driving, or maybe it was third or fourth down, regardless. And they called a timeout and then ran back on in a new formation. And Jeremy Johnson like ran five yards past the line of scrimmage and then turned around and threw it backward. Mm-hmm. You remember this play? Yeah. yeah it yeah. didn't work. Right. But it was still, you just, there's you, no yeah. way to prepare for what they're going to pull out. Right, and it, I mean, it's, and here's the thing, it's, we have, it's another one of those Iron Bowl situations where we have everything to lose and they have nothing to lose. Always. Yeah, Always. so you don't, I mean, they're going to do something weird because what does it matter if they lose? But if their weird pays off, then boom, they, you know, and here they sit beating us again mm-hmm. on something weird. So, yeah, I mean, I get playing tight because... It's, they're not approaching this like a real game. They're approaching this as, shit, let's just try anything and see what happens. And that's it proved to be a decent strategy, all told. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, another hate for me was our third down conversion rate. We finished 5 for 16, yeah. which is, is ugly to see. But then when you think about the Auburn defense we were facing, it's even uglier. Uh, it's not been great all year. You know, we've kind of put ourselves in a lot of third and longs and mm-hmm. we've even been bailed out on a ton of those by sexy legs, Jake Coker. Oh yeah. But, uh, you That'll know, be, and, and against be, Auburn and against Florida, you can kind of get away with these things, but looking down the road, that may be an area that we, uh, pay for later on. You're right about that. My friend, uh, things we did not hate. There's just not a lot not to hate right now. There's not a lot to hate right now. Well, you, that's what I meant. I'm trying to translate for you. Cuba Libre, bro. Cuba Libre. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Cuba Libre, El Tractorcito. Oh, yeah. King Henry himself 
Uh, finished the day with 271, outgained the entire offense, which is my favorite stat of the season. That's a solid. Uh, that's a that's a solid stat. My favorite quote of Derrick Henry's was at some point. I don't remember. I don't know if it was Saban that asked him this, but it was later reported. Saban or, or Lane or somebody asked him, "You tired?" Derrick Henry's answer was, "Nah, ball ain't heavy." <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I like that. Um, yeah. On that note, I want to bring up somewhat of a moral dilemma. This is raised within me. Uh, all game, they talked about, I can't remember if it was most 200-yard games or whatever, but Derrick Henry has joined this elite club with Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker, uh, both of whom, if you'll remember, had, I don't know what the word is, suboptimal pro careers mm-hmm. due to how heavy they were ridden in college. And Derrick Henry finished that game Saturday with 47 carries. He's hit the 40 mark a couple times this season now. Uh, you know, it's great for the team. He does his part and he wants to do his part. But at some point, does he need to be thinking about himself? Do we need to be thinking about him for him? That's a good question. Um, my answer to that in terms of, as you couch it as a moral dilemma, my answer to that is uh, you play the game that you are assigned to play. Mm. Uh, nothing is guaranteed in the future and... Uh, you know, he, you know, anything could happen uh, with him. So I think you play the game to win the game as you, who's the coach? You play to win the game. Herm Edwards. Yeah, exactly. I, was that Dennis? Dennis? That, was, that was Herm. That was Herm. Okay. Uh-huh. You play to win the game. And I think that's what you do. You play the game that's in front of you and you do what it takes to win that game. Uh, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, there are other running backs and I, you know, I don't. Maybe Ron Dane is a good example out of Wisconsin. Mm. That also was their workhorse, mm-hmm. uh, and he had a he's he has had a tremendous NFL career, a long career. Uh, well, I mean, I, he's you know he's not the he was not the best NFL running back, but he had a, he had, had a substantial career. Yes, I don't know. I, I'm not in tune with everything that happens with NFL running backs. God knows, I lie on the couch most of the day, but uh, nevertheless, I think. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily going, barring injury, and let's not even speak of that, I don't think it necessarily has will end up having that much of an effect. Okay. I hope you're right. And I like that. You play to win the game. I'm going to say we record the podcast that's in front of us, <laughs> and that's why we're here. Yes, <laughs> um, we do. Let's we're move, while we're on the Derrick Henry subject, <coughs> to a certain trophy. Oh, yes. What about it? It could be making its way to Tuscaloosa. Yes. Uh, Derek seemingly did not give up any ground in the Heisman race. And I think, by all accounts, he's damn near got it locked up. How are you feeling? I I believe that. And if if you happen to get on that prop bet early, and some of us did. Some of us did. (laughs) You might might be making out like a bandit. It Uh, always works out when we hit those early prop bets. Let's just make that clear. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, beyond Derrick Henry, the Polish sausage. Oh, yeah. Adam Griffith goes five for five, one for 50 yards. My favorite part about that was Auburn put a guy in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to run a kick six. Well, the Polish sausage had no time for that. It would have gone for 65 yards, and that was easily my favorite play of the game, which is going to be a new segment here on Houndstooth mm-hmm, Heroes, mm-hmm. our favorite play of the game. 
We probably have a better name for it at some point. We don't. We drink some of the game of the game of the game. <laughs> so anyway, that was mine. What was yours, pal? I like that, and yeah, it was obnoxious of Auburn to stick that guy back there, and then it was incredible of Adamatic Griffith. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess they're trying to get in your head. You're, I mean, this kid's been smoking cigarettes at six years old. You're not going to get in his That's head. That's right. That's exactly right. We've tried as Alabama fans to get in his head. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all but impossible. There's like, I was an orphan in Poland. Uh-huh. You're not going to get in my head, bro. Uh-huh. I thought he would listen to our podcast and just decide to give up, but lo and behold. There we go. Uh, my favorite play of the game, and I'm sure there were a couple earlier on. Marlon Henry had some awesome tackles. Uh, yeah. Eddie Jackson had one awesome tackle in particular. But my favorite play of the game came from our boy, the Reuben Missile Crisis. The uh, Reuben. By the way, people on Twitter went mad when I when I described him as on our H2 Heroes Twitter account as the Reuben Missile Crisis. Well, by God, if you've been listening to Hound's Tooth Heroes, he's been being called that all year. That's right. It's not new. And oh, I can't yeah. say it's original, but we'll roll with it. We can coin a nickname. Well, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was the anyway. last play of the game. Auburn ran a little quick out and was trying to do a hook and ladder. And I, I urge you strongly to go back and watch the replay. And it's hilarious because Reuben Foster sees what's happening almost before the first receiver has the ball. And as he's trying to pitch it, Foster just sticks his head down as he's no, wanting to do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and levels the dude who's trying to catch the pitch. Uh, of course, he doesn't get it. The ball falls. Game's over. It was just a lovely ending and a really, really a intelligent play. I don't know if it was from tape watching or uh, just instincts, but a great play by our boy, the Missile Crisis. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to uh, the game upcoming, the Southeastern Conference Champion ga- Championship game, we should probably give the people what they came to hear. That's right. A look at the tied shooty hoops. Uh, don't look now. But this version of Bama Hoops just beat two top 25 teams in the course of 48 hours. Uh, if you'll recall, we were trying to lure one Greg Marshall of Wichita State fame in to coach our uh, Bama Hoops situation. Uh, he declined, and we exacted our revenge at the Advocare uh, Invitational in Orlando, Florida. Uh, by taking them down. As it turns out, everyone exacted their revenge on the Wichita State Shockers. They went over three in the tournament. Wow. But then, and so the parents thought that's not that big of a deal. But then, two nights later, what is kind of a big deal, uh, we took on Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, uh, who were currently number 17 in the country, and beat them. We did. We And if, if you'd like further evidence, I, this was my favorite, in addition to beating them, which was great, my favorite thing to happen in that entire game was toward the end of the game, neutral field, a neutral court, uh, Orlando starts playing Sweet Home Alabama. Hmm. If you needed further evidence that everyone hates Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Agreed. Uh, Yeah, something that Anthony Grant didn't do in 21 straight games against ranked teams. Um, You know, right now it feels like it feels like we're a Final Four team, I gotta say. Well, okay, I would say that, but I checked the RPI today. Uh, despite only having losses to number four, Xavier, and number 15, Dayton, we are sitting solidly with an RPI of a 90. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's not great. But nevertheless, like you said, uh, we lost 21 straight to ranked teams with Anthony Grant, 
Avery Johnson's already done it on his first month on the job. So things are looking up, kids. They really are. And I got to say, there's this weird Greg Marshall, Rich Rodriguez parallel going on that I'm digging. I dig. I, I feel. I, I feel what you're saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Friday night. If you're traveling to the uh, championship game, uh, if you get in town on Friday, uh, I will be at some point searching to find the game because we will be traveling to Hattiesburg to take on Southern Mississippi at eight o'clock Eastern time. Uh, probably Smith's Old Bar. Uh, but if you have better suggestions, contact us at H Two Heroes on Twitter, and we will show up wherever you need us to be. T-shirts in hand, ready that's for a, sale. That's a uh, this fact. Is, exactly. This is a game we should win, uh, but at the same time, it's an away game, and I've lived with too many Anthony Grant games to know that Todd traveling doesn't always work out well. Maybe things have changed. Uh, after that, yeah, after that, we'd travel to Clemson. Look, and if we survive those two, we've built really kind of a hell of a resume if we can manage to do any kind of damage at all in the Southeastern Conference play. Yeah, we do have quite a resume now. And I'll just add on, if any Tide fans out there are traveling to Hattiesburg for the game, I strongly suggest uh, stopping before or after uh, through Biloxi at one Thunders Tavern. That's actually Pascagoula, Mississippi. Close enough. But uh, certainly the official bar of your Houndstooth Heroes, official bar with a pool. It has a pool. And no liquor's license. Some might call it a petri dish. Mm-hmm. Others call it a pool. It's been called that. The the liquor license comes and goes. You might want to check on that before you pay the yeah, cover. Call ahead. Call ahead. Call ahead. See if they can serve you some <laughs> liquor. But uh, yeah, because yeah, I mean that's uh, definitely the official bar of Houndstooth Heroes. If you roll in there and uh, if you have not met us, roll in there, check it out. You'll see exactly what we're all about. Tell them you know Ellison Greg. <laughs> they will throw you out. Yes. Drum roll, please. Let the hate <laughs> flow through you. Let's take a look at the Florida Gators. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little excited. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we, Do we hate them, Gregory? <laughs> you betcha. I'm going to tell you all about why I hate them. I hate them because they are new money. I hate them because of 2008. I hate them because of Tim Tebow. Not because... He beat us in 2008, but because he's lying about being a virgin and I can prove it. I hate Steve Spurrier. I hate Danny Werfel's fade pass. And I even hate Shane Matthews for reasons that I cannot fully articulate. Mm -hmm. I hate them because they pay the Jaws theme song. They are not the Sharks. I hate them because it's a gator bait. Gator bait lures the gator in for the kill. I hate them because they don't even understand how how bait works. Sadly... I want to hate Jim McElwain, but I just don't. But I damn sure hate them for hiring somebody I don't hate. What about you, Ellis Matt? That is a hot take. I hate them because I don't know why they're in the damn SEC to begin with. Ooh, we, we have this great tradition. We have all these southern charm schools. We have folks that know how to dress, folks that know better than to wear jorts and flip-flops wherever they go and gel and highlight their hair like they still do down in Gainesville. I just don't even know why they're a part of our conference to begin with. That could be said for a number of schools. <coughs> Mississippi State. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, that's that's some strong hate, too. There's a lot of reasons to hate the Florida Gators. Uh, but let's turn to the game itself. Again, back to the meat of the sports taco. Something to consider, how will Florida score points? 
Well, uh, let's just say Florida is fresh off dropping a deuce at home against that vaunted Florida State defense. That was a hot deuce they dropped. (laughs) A hot deuce they dropped right there on the field. Uh, Their offense overall up and down, to say the least, led by a trion, as we may have mentioned. Uh Uh, You know, earlier in the year they scored 28 at LSU, which is fairly impressive. 27 uh, in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Those are the two best defenses they've played with. Uh, Trion's out there. Has only mustered nine points against Vandy. Uh, took FAU to overtime, where they managed to put 20 on the board. I believe uh, regulation ended 13-13 there. Yeah. And, and that's, what, that's the weird thing, is the two best defensive they've played in LSU and Georgia, they scored some points. They roll up against Vandy, which Vandy I doesn't have a bad defense. Vandy's not a bad defense. No, but, you know, Florida State's not. I mean, Florida State's got a, a good defense, but it's not. It's not us. It's not. It's not even. It's not even Bandy, uh, and they really managed not. to pull out two at home. So they're up and down, to say the least. Yeah, and obviously a very different team when they had one. Will, are we saying that Grier? I don't know. Nobody I, knows I think, how to I say think it's that. Greer is just misspelled by, by by the Greer family. Well, Gainesville again. I know. Uh, so a Will Greer was their quarterback. He blasted Ole Miss. Ten days later, was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Right, right. You know, like Seems like something no one with spiked hair and jorts would ever do. No, no. But here we are. Uh, and since then, led by a Treon. Right. A Treon Harris, yeah. That has not gone particularly well, by the way. Uh, since he took over the last five games, he's completed just under 50% of his passes. And that includes a very good game against South Carolina and let's face it, who doesn't have a good game against South Carolina? Uh, he scored, he's thrown 17 touchdowns, but eight interceptions. Uh, the kicker is, the kid has been sacked in five games 23 times. Oh, that feels like a lot. Oh, that seems like so many. That poor Treon. <laughs> poor Treon. Yes, I, I, in theory, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but our front seven might live in the backfield with a guy who's been sacked. 23 times, and really, part of the blame goes to their offensive line. Uh, in short, they don't have one. Uh, Coach Mack had to piece together an offensive line, even for their spring game. Uh, you know, their most experienced and best offensive lineman is a transfer from Furman. So, oh. yeah. Like so the Paladins. For, yeah, I mean, but, but weird, the weird question is, when they played okay when Greer was the quarterback. Now, not so much with that. Not so much. Uh, yeah, they beat Tennessee. Uh, eh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they have they have Kelvin Taylor running the ball, who's an excellent running back. They have Antonio Callaway, who's a fantastic uh, wide receiver. But unless you got somebody to run run behind in the pass block, uh, you're sort of uh, not in a good spot. No, I mean you're right. Just the the sheer fact that they're in Florida and the I guess flagship university. Uh-huh. Of the state, they're going to get some athletes, and they do. I think Callaway, especially, is a good athlete. Uh, I will point out their kicker situation. Okay, I don't know about this. Tell me. Are you familiar? Okay, I don't yeah. know if it was uh, caused. I don't believe it was caused by injury. I think it was just a sheer lack of production. They had tryouts, uh, oh. open tryouts, mid season for a new kicker. Like anybody? Like 
everybody and anybody. Like anybody that's in Gainesville can try out. Well, let me tell you who won. I believe Albert the Gator tried out, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, all right. Gator bait himself. Uh-huh. Uh, one dental student apparently won the kicker job. Okay. And from all reports that I've read, McElwain doesn't know his name and strictly refers to him as the dentist. The dentist. Like, just grab the dentist. Oh, God. Yeah. That's uh, going to go so horribly for them. So we've got that, that to keep an eye on. <laughs> I am amused. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, flip the switch or flip the side. And talk about when the tide has the ball. Can you feel the camera angle just doing a slow 180 there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Alabama has the ball, Florida's defense is fine. That has never been an issue this season. They are second in the conference behind your Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. Uh, they average just over 100 yards per, gr- per game on the ground. Uh, but it's worth noting that FSU's quote-unquote Heisman candidate, Dalvin Cook, uh, finished with 183 yards against them last week. That's a lot of yards. By by Heisman candidate, you mean they're running back, but the one who's got a lot of felonies. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's yeah, FSU. Pretty okay. Heisman with a bunch of felonies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, passing wise, they they're de- they're better than we are. They allow about 170 yards. Uh, that's fourth in the league though, so it's not terribly impressive. So there might be some. Some room for the at Coker Deep Ball to make Ew. some moves in this particular game, yeah. uh, but well, that, but in the event it's not, I, I still think points are going to be at a premium at this game, a premium in this game, uh, which probably accounts for the total being forty point five. Yeah, that is low, and if we choose to whip out the Coker Deep Ball, uh, I think we certainly want to keep it on the opposite side of the field of one Vernon Hargraves the third, mm-hmm. who uh, I'm looking it up now, and it looks like he's finishing his ninth year down in Gainesville. Oh, that's a lot of years. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. That's, that's so many years. Yeah. Um, quickly, well, not quickly, because it's a thing. It's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish we had some carousel music, because the coaching carousel goes round and round. Never did that again. We should stop doing our own sounds. Right, we've totally we need Friend of the program, Corbin Hand, up here. I, right? I mean, right. yeah. We've got a music man who, as a fan. He just <laughs> wanted, he wanted to help a man out. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll start with this. And in unexpected news, Les Miles kept his job. Everybody knew he was going to be fired. He was going to be fired. But apparently, during the third quarter of their game, yeah, they just, just up and decided, in the most Louisiana fashion possible, nah, we're going to keep him. I mean, everybody likes him. What the hell? Let's just go... Let's go ahead and keep less miles. So, I mean, the, the end result is a good thing. The, the, the dude is averaging more wins than anybody in the conference except Saban. So, why you get rid of that dude? And who's a, who? Who was his replacement? But beyond that, while that was happening, Mark Rick gets fired out of Georgia. Yeah, sure did. Averaging ten wins a year, one tipped pass away from. Uh, rolling Notre Dame for national championship. Yeah, now I, just I, uh, bumming you, around. You're you're you you're the man with all the sources on this thing. But before you get to that, I want one thing to say. We are extremely fortunate to have Nick Saban, you know, coaching our Crimson Tide, and I know that. And that, but it won't last forever. Sabans don't grow on trees. But any football program, ours, Georgia's, LSU, should be be proud. To be averaging ten years, 10, uh, 10 wins per year. Um, so 
when this Saban thing ends, and it will, uh, somebody come shoot me if I ever complain about 10 wins a year and it not being good enough and being in the national conversation every year because that's what Georgia's doing Mm -hmm. and it pisses me off. Anyway. Well, no, there's something to that. It's the Saban effect and it's the strangest thing to watch. It's never happened before. I will say I think we probably see it happen in the Big Ten in the coming years with Urban Meyer up there. Uh, It's just bizarre that ADs believe that that's below what's acceptable. Yeah. But, I mean, contracts are so exorbitant these days that I understand why they're mad, but that's just the the price to play the game. We have three national championships in, let's say, 10 years. I mean, let's just extrapolate it out. 10 years, we may have four this year, who knows. But that's that's a freak show. Right. That doesn't happen to anybody. Mm -mm. Um, You know, if you get one in 10 years, or if you're playing for one in 10 years, that's fantastic. Um, so I don't, I don't get the mentality and you're right. Uh, you know, I think it is a saving effect of, well, they can do it. Why can't we get somebody mm-hmm. can do it because they don't grow on damn trees, man. No, he is a rare breed to say the least. Yeah. Anyway, you've got, the, you've got the sources. Talk to me. Oh, my sources. And actually, as we're getting on the air, uh, I've been saying this for probably 24 hours now, but AJC in their typical 24 hours late fashion uh everyone now has said that alabama defensive coordinator kirby smart will be announced as the next georgia (coughs) coach kirby smart a former uga (coughs) defensive back uh has never really denied being you know intrigued by the georgia job and and i think you know every year he says this isn't the time or the right opportunity is not there, but this is the time and the right opportunity is there. Yeah, and uh, in addition, I mean, the problem with that is, is who he takes with him. Oh. I know. So sad. He will take his reported best friend on the staff, strength and conditioning coach, Scott Cochran. Yeah, I mean, I, from, what I, from what I understand, they are best friends on the staff. Their families hang out together. You know, they go to barbecues, probably, you know, probably swim in the same pool. Who really knows? They may have a wife swap. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's depressing. But the question I have before we get to the rest is about where we're going to go from here. Is when does he leave? Uh, if this were just a bowl game we're playing in, because people leave before bowl games all the time, it's a big deal. But this is a damn project. We're trying to win a national championship. You're just going to up and leave right now. Can he announce and stay? Yeah. Yeah, there are plenty of coaches who, in a bowl game scenario, have said. Well, Mark Rick has, has said, "I will coach that. I will coach the bowl game." Uh, who is allowed to do that? I think maybe the most comparable, and I'm not positive how this played out. So if you know, jump in. But when Herman left Ohio State last year to take the Houston head coaching job, he was the offensive coordinator for Urban Meyer took the Houston head coaching job, and I want to say he accepted that before the playoffs but stuck around for those last two games. I agree. I think you're right. I, I, I don't have a 100% recollection on that, but I think you're absolutely right. So, <coughs> so that is the uh, intrigue of the whole thing, assuming he takes the job, then mm-hmm. will he be here? What happens then? You know, and, But uh, in the event he's not, uh, apparently we have a man, uh, the leader in the clubhouse, According to all sources that, you know, which are probably horrible sources. But Obviously. We have um, Mel Tucker. 
Yeah, Mel Tucker, uh, he's our first-year DB's coach. He was with Saban for a long time. They coached together at Michigan State, at LSU, and he went on to be defensive coordinator for the world-renowned Cleveland Browns. Lord. But the good news is uh, his first year there in Cleveland, they actually led the NFL in points allowed per game. So by all accounts, a pretty, pretty strong record. Yeah, and I, I guess the one last thing to be considered is I don't know if Lane will be here next year. Everybody says no, but I have not heard any rumors about where he'll be. But replacing an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator in the same year and adding a new quarterback to the mix, uh, I'm not saying we'll struggle, but that's uh, an awful lot of upheaval for one team to bear. It's going to be a lot, and then you also have to look at the Scott Cochran's. Uh, I think we'll lose Billy Napier to Georgia as well. Very good chance we lose Mario Cristobal to Miami. I, I don't know where Lane's going to go. Yeah, I heard Maryland earlier, but I have not heard any, any follow-up on that at all. Uh, and I do, oh, When you say Mario Cristobal, uh, you understand Mark Richt uh, right. went to Miami. He so was a quarterback at Miami. That may throw a cog into that plan. It, it may, and the other thing to keep in mind there is that should Miami hire someone else and Lane Kiffin leave, I fully believe Mark Richt would come be an offensive coordinator at Alabama. That's an interesting call. A very interesting call. I have huh. nothing to back it up, but let's go with it. No, absolutely not. We don't believe anything. We just make everything up. Uh, speaking of making things up, well, this has nothing to do with anything about making things up, but... Uh, one of the more anticipated portions of the pro- podcast. The most anticipated award of the podcast. Exactly. The Ellis Match Weekly. What are those? <laughs> what are those? That's right. <laughs> it is week 12, and we're still making what are those jokes. Uh, you probably have never heard of it, but go to knowyourmeme.com, and they'll talk about how kids said that like five months ago. ago. I don't know. Eight years ago. <laughs> so what it's are awarded right. every week to the most despicable, <laughs> abominable, Low-down and hate-worthy jerseys, uniforms, whatevers of the week. Uh, This week, and I'm not even going to build it up a lot, but Syracuse. Didn't see it. It's bad enough. I mean, you've got this. You've got your orange men thing, right? And they typically wear this kind of bright orange. But for some reason this past week, they wore this, like, tri-orange thing where their shoes and socks were this sort of bold orange, you know, like those awful bold markers you used to get from Crayola. Gotcha, that like, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, it was only when you were shopping in dumpsters and... Right. Yeah, the goodwill there. Before. Yes. Um, so there, it was like socks that were those color, some pants that were kind of the normal Syracuse color, and then these weird jerseys that were sort of Cleveland Browns-esque, but like... Oh, yeah, I know that color. There, there's okay. just no – it's like it evaporates into the air. It blends into sort of everything. It's just this awful, awful orange. Head-to-toe orange, helmets orange, hated it all, asked myself, what are those? <laughs> thank you, thank Outstanding. you. All right, well, now that that is passed, it is time Why to we move still on to our picks of the week, including – Including, As always, including. our hate of the our week. Hate, our hate of the week. The week of the week. Uh, this year, there are this week there are multiple conference championship games outside 
of the Southeastern Conference footprint. So with that in mind, we are going to hate nationally instead mm. of regionally. Mm. And by nationally, I mean we are going full-on West Coast action at you because we are going to start with the University of Southern California Trojans with a brand-new coaching hire whose name I don't recall, but he uh, was on their staff. And they are getting four points in Santa Clara, California, against the Stanford Trees. Who do you hate? It's a Clayton, right? <sighs> Is his name a Clayton? I think, okay, here's what I know about him. I think okay. it may be. He was a coach at the barn. I mean, oh. I know. He was a player at the barn. My bad. Oh. Yeah, he played at the barn. And when uh, Pat Dye left and the little, the little midget came in, he transferred to Houston. Now, I don't – there is a rumor out there, and it could be verified, that the reason he transferred is because his dad got the head coaching job at Houston. That could be possible. Hmm. Also, it could be because of the coaching change. It could also be because he sucked. I have no idea why this cat left Auburn, but he did. I, but will, he, I will consult noted butthurt feeler War Bloggle, who oh. I'm sure has told the world about Auburn's new coach. At Southern Cap. Oh, Sorry, I even said that word on our podcast. I, I, you've ruined my whole night. Here we are. I may have to have a start a GoFundMe so I can improve my mood. That's for um, GoFundMe for Kurt Branch. Anyway, <laughs> what about that Kurt Branch? Uh, we're <laughs> Who back. do we hate besides him? Uh, Not many. I, no, no. I think you know. I think USC rallies a little bit because they do have a known head coach now. I would imagine the guy steers. Very clear of alcohol these uh -huh. days. Uh, but Stanford is coming off a big win. They needed that Notre Dame win. And, you know, they're not out of playoff talks. I mean, they are, but they may still believe that they're not. I mean, yeah, barring an upset, they are. But if in the event Clemson or some other team that I won't mention does right. not perform up to par, yeah, they're very much in the mix. Yeah, yeah they're ranked seventh in the latest, uh, right behind that Big Ten trio. Right. I think Stanford comes out and plays well. McCaffrey's still kind of doing everything he can to get some national acclaim, so I'm hating the Trojans here. I'm going to join you in that hate. Uh, and I don't particularly have a reason. I don't know a whole lot about USC and what they've done, except that I know they've been up and down all year. They play so late. Right. I know. It's time for that. I'm, I mean, I'm in the bed. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm snoring, drunk, and moaning at that point. I don't have time for like an 11 o'clock football game. Life uh -oh. is hard. Uh -oh. But I agree with you. I think Stanford, particularly because it's it's not at home, but it's in the Bay Area. Uh, so they're going to have some people there. Uh, I just don't see I, – I don't see USC I – mean, it's probably a seven-point game, but I don't see USC getting close to Stanford. Uh, you know, they, they had a lot of preseason hype, USC did – but they have certainly not lived up to it. They have the capability to beat Stanford. Uh, will they? I'm not thinking they will. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Moving back to East Coast slash Best Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, in the ACC championship played in the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina, the UNC Tar Heels are five-point underdogs against number one team in the nation. You may know them as the Fighting Dabos. Of Clemson. All right, here's one thing I, I've learned today. They get real excited in Clemson about a pizza party. A pizza party. Love a pizza party. 
apparently Dabo, all right, first of all, at some point, and God, I've known Dabo since, I mean, we're not friends, but I knew Dabo in college, and he's an adorable little man, (laughs) but um, this is the second time he has promised a pizza party. If they get in in the playoff, he's throwing a pizza party for, like, everybody in whatever their stadium is called. Now they're uh, at in Charlotte, and there's another pizza party by by this by the ACC championship game sponsor, and they're tweeting all about it. Clemson loves them a pizza party, uh, like an elementary school pizza party. Right, except, except this, this one isn't is, a code name for drugs or no, any I, other I, recreational. No, I mean, I, yeah, but I'm, I'm probably a round pizza instead of the square one that you got in school. But I'm not positive about okay. that. Okay, okay, good to know. I, I do miss those square pizzas. Yeah, no kidding. Those were delicious. Anyway, uh, to the game at hand, a lot of people are picking North Carolina because Clemson struggled last week uh, with South Carolina. But I've gone through both their schedules. Uh, Clemson had a few hiccups early, and they'd beaten everybody. They, you know, it's a three-point game with Louisville. They just weren't drumming people. But as the season wore on, they are beating the holy hell out of people right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas Carolina... They're just not. I mean, they're good, obviously, but they've, they've played some really horrible teams. Uh, they beat Miami and I can't remember who the other team is. Duke, Pitt, maybe Miami and Duke. They they beat they beat them like a drum. Mm. But both of those were in Chapel Hill. Mm. And granted, Charlotte's not that far away, but you know it's not that far from Clemson either. So I don't see it's not a home game. So with that in mind, I think Clemson. Clemson is Clemson wins by six or seven and covers it. I am not fully on the Clemson bandwagon, but I'm still gonna claim this as my hate of the week. All right, of the week, of the week, of the, of week. the week. Thank you. Uh, UNC, I I think is a decent team despite having what has to be the season's worst loss. Uh, that season opener against South Carolina, South Carolina being one of the worst teams in the in in, in the ever. World. Right. In the annals. To ever suit up. Yes, yes. Uh, hilarious that Steve Spurrier was such a thorn in UNC's side at Duke and then also went out on top uh, with just a <laughs> terrible team. But, yeah, I think Clemson is playing well. I think after all these years of tremendous letdowns despite Dabo pretending like that never happened... Uh, surely they're going to be mentally ready for this and have been waiting on this, and I think Clemson wins this one pretty easily. Uh, don't call me Shirley, but yes, I agree. Uh, moving on to my hate of the week, Iowa is getting three and a half points, and by the way, that was bet down from a five and a half point spread. Uh, I don't particularly know why, because mm-hmm. they are getting three and a half points uh, against Michigan State Sparty, in Indianapolis, Indiana, who do you hate? I, there's just no way you can't hate Iowa here. Uh, even as the higher-ranked team, they are three-and-a-half-point dogs. That may grow back, to be honest. I think D'Antonio is hungry. I think he's got a team that plays football the right way. I think I watched Iowa for the first time last week, and they are as doughy and slow and soft as you could ever imagine. And uh, I think Sparty wins big. I, I agree with you. I watched him finally. I, I did the exact same thing. I finally decided I've got to sit down and watch this damn team because they can't seem to lose. And I get why they don't lose. They are very sound. Yeah. They don't make mistakes. 
But, yes, they're doughy and slow. I just, I mean, a team that is good is going to beat the holy hell out of Iowa. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, they don't turn the ball over. They play solid defense. They can move the ball. But they're doing all that against competition that includes Nebraska and teams of that ilk, and they have not played Ohio State. You know, Penn State, they they have not played Ohio State. They've not played Michigan. They did not play Michigan State. Uh, So it's not their fault they didn't. That's just who they were assigned to play, Mm -hmm. and you play who's in front of you. But I watched them, man. It's solid, but it's not good. It's really not, and in a foregone era when the best college teams didn't look like kind of young pro teams, yeah. they would have been a fine team. It's fun sure. to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy watching Iowa. You're right. I mean, you don't – it's a solid team. It's just when you run across – when they run across some athletes, right. uh, I have the feeling uh, Zoe Cornboys are not going to perform all that well. Mm-hmm. So with that, yeah, I am taking Sparty by a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's a blowout. Before we get to the game at hand, uh, I would like to point out one game. Oh. Oh. I'm so sorry. Your Maryville High School Red Rebels are in the state championship, Tennessee 6A state championship, for the 12th time in 12 years. For you who oh. are bad at math, that's 12 straight times. Taking hey, on uh, the Ravenwood, I'm going to call them, oh, they're the Raptors. It's a very new school. Only new schools have the nickname the Raptors. Right, yeah. Uh, I'm putting Maryville as a six and a half point fave. Obviously hating the Raptors. You got any thoughts there? The only thought I have is the St. Paul Saints are also in the uh, 5A against the Mortimer Jordan. I don't know what they are. Uh, But uh, I have no idea where to put the line because I have not seen or heard of, don't even know where Mortimer Jordan is. No, is that a school? Yeah, but but the thing is, once you get past Jackson, uh, St. Paul's going to run away with that, so boom. Yeah, yeah, put your monies on the Rebels and the Saints, y'all. There you go. Uh, One team of that is not racist, the other one is. (laughs) Let's get to the game at hand, pal. Oh, let's do your Alabama Crimson Tide, go to Atlanta, our second home, where... The Tide, and this is, follow me here, opened as 12.5-point favorites, and within minutes, almost immediately, that line had moved to 17.5. Today, it's actually up to 19. Oh, wow. Alabama by 19 against the Jim McElwain-led Gator Bates themselves. Okay, that's absurd. Isn't it? All right, here's the thing. Here's... Here's something I've always believed in term, in my betting career, which is, uh, uh, yeah, it's not a historic. Career. Yeah, that's not a career you want to be proud of. <laughs> but here's the thing: I always trust the Vegas opening line because I don't I don't trust Joe Schmo's betting to move a line because what do they really know? They're just they're betting like idiots, like you and I. So it started at twelve and a half. So I'm going to stick with that because nineteen. And a 40-point, I'm trying to get the math, help me with the math, because Cuba Libre, but um, help, if a 19-point spread and a 40-point total... You're looking at about 30 to 11 or so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, against that defense, I don't know how we score 11, I mean, so how we score 30, that's a lot of points against their defense. Um, 
I just don't see it. Um, I want to say we cover, but I don't think that's going to happen. The play that I would actually make if I'm a betting man, and the Lord knows I am, is the under 40 and a half. But since we're here to pick against the spread, um, I am taking the Gators against the spread with your tide winning the game, something along the lines of 24 to 10. I genuinely like that pick a lot. That said, I'm going the other way again. Obviously, I picked a blowout against Auburn, and you guys saw how well and accurate that proved to be. <laughs> yes, wink, it was much wink, wink. Uh, so I am going to go with the Tide getting a non-offensive touchdown, whether it be the Falconer himself, uh, yes. Mika Fitzpatrick, Just one Eddie Jackson, who I should point out we never doubted. Picking off a Treon. That's right, picking off Picking something off the tree on. Is that a thing? Is there a joke there to be made? Uh, probably not. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, somebody will, will score or block a punt or do something cool, I have a feeling, on our defense. Maybe it's our boy Tim Williams. Or oh, as, yeah. He's been on fire. As Gary likes to call him, Tim Washington. Right, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, I see our defense scoring some touchdowns. I see Kenyon Drake coming back very well rested, very healthy, and doing some video game-like things out on the field, I'll say. I'm going to go tied 35-6. to six, Wow. Which will put us right on the over-under, so be careful there. Fair enough. I, I don't hate that score either. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll score 35. You know what? I'll make it 34 so we can go the under. 34-6. All right, six. fair, fair, fair. My thing about the six is this. And I agree with you. I don't think – I went with 10. I, th- I think it's – a I think they score three, I think they score six, and then they get something garbage at the end, which is why I think it's going to be more than what, they're going to score more than what they deserve. It's going to be like the Penn State game when we went to Penn State. They had no business scoring at all. They had three points for the entire game, and then we allowed them to garbage points at the end. They scored 11, and I think it's going to be something along those lines. They just, I don't see how that team scores, uh, but in the end, we're going to just, you know, we'll have some some kids in, and they'll do something at the end. Maybe but, a pizza yeah. party. I don't know. Oh, exactly. Do you have any worries? Should we should we be taking this one seriously? Yes, we should absolutely take this one seriously. Uh, Twenty four to ten is a fourteen point game, uh, and I, I I don't think it's going to be a blowout early. I think it I yeah. think it's a wear them down kind of situation. Look, Florida State had was only up on Florida. I want to say thirteen points for most of the game. Uh, for 56, in fact, for 56 minutes, they were up for 13 points. They got two late touchdowns to make it look worse than it was. And I think that's something along the lines of what's going to happen here. I think we will wear them down, but I think for three quarters, Florida will be in the game. Yeah, and all credit to Saban for typically preparing his team for big games, but I would imagine this one may be a little tough to get the team uh, truly honed in on. And I could see us kind of peeking ahead just a touch. God, I hate that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with all that, thank you for joining us on another episode of Houndstooth Heroes. As I mentioned, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Houndstooth Heroes. Subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. A big shameless plug, as always, to Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. Mm-hmm from uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. They did nothing at all this week, but we appreciate their support. Uh, Take us home, brother. All right, well, y'all 
Uh, stay tuned for some bowl picks that'll be coming up in the coming weeks, and y'all be good. Roll Tide.